I'm going to blame the cold Arctic North. Yeah, you're getting some uh, some weather right here. Man, it was flashing ice on my overhead console and the lightning today. And considering really? I was in a t-shirt with the windows down yesterday, I'd have to say that the weather is a little unpredictable at the moment. <laughs> okay, so here's the thing, 100% uh, non-Fox body related, but weather related. So when I lived in Alberta, we would get haywire weather swings, kind of like what I understand Texas goes through. And the only reason that I could come up with as to why those occurred is because um, Alberta, for those listening and don't know, I mean, it's flat, it's prairie, it's farmland. But the weird part with it is it's actually really high elevation. So you get like mountain type weather swings, but you're living in the prairies. So it's kind of a whatever. What they call those Chinooks? Well, okay. So we got Alberta gets those too, but they also get like, you can have snow in July. Like it's crazy. Huh? Mm -hmm. And it's because there's actually, there's a section of highway the main highway heading west, just outside of Calgary, Alberta, that is the highest point in the Trans-Canada Highway System. It's called Scott Hill Lake. It's like 4,400 feet or something. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's weird, though, because you think, oh, you go to BC, you're in the mountains, you're way up in the air, but you're actually lower in BC than you are most places in Alberta. Yeah, it's crazy. See, I've I've been to Vancouver, but I don't think I remember ever being to Alberta because I've been to Saskatchewan, Manitoba, but Alberta I haven't done. I've always wanted to do like what is it, Lake Louise and yeah, all those nice, cool, scenic-looking places and all that. But I'll save that for yeah. another time <laughs> down the road. Yes, yeah. sir. Well, and buddy, you know, before we get into our, I think we're doing convertibles today, aren't we? Yeah, I, I just threw that in the up and coming, I guess, listing on my site, just because I was trying to put some placeholders in there. And we sort of started talking about it at the end of our first episode or session, whatever you want to call it. About <laughs> we, we highlighted convertibles right. and we also highlighted body kits on coupes, but I think I want to save that one <laughs> and, and like maybe randomly call a couple people into that one. But uh, <laughs> I think that'd be enjoyable. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I, I thought this would be a good talking point just because rolling in my 5.0, well, that was a convertible. And that True. was part of the era, you know, menace to society was a convertible. Boys in the hood, there was a number of convertibles married True. with children convertible oh let's not forget uh basic instinct, basic instinct. <laughs> <laughs> convertible uh the uh -huh. last boy scout it was a convertible that they blew up so True. it was like every single piece of advertisement or showcase social presence back then which were movies you know there was no social media it was always a convertible while the both of us, we both own convertibles. So, you know, I think that it's 
a good point or discussion. I think we can, the cool part about just having a convertible topic is, um, well, you need, it's like not being able to appreciate hot until you know what cold is, right? So we'll draw back and forth between the coop and the, and the hatch and, uh, and kind of correlate that into convertibles. But before we get rolling, so I wanted to just throw this out to whoever is uh, enjoying episode number two here. A huge, huge thank you because since we launched episode one, which I've gone on and on about like, listen, guys, you know, this is kind of a hack job. Me and Chris don't really know what the hell we're doing, but uh, we're winging it and we hope you enjoy it. And I just, there's honest to God, I wish that I would have taken better notes to like actually mention names, but there's been so many people that have reached out and said, love the pod, five stars, like on and on and on. I think we're actually, I haven't looked yet, but we're actually getting ratings on Spotify. I mean, hell, we've only been up for like 24 hours. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, no, man, I got to echo that because I've been getting a lot of feedback as well. And I actually had one guy, again, I, I can't remember names, but he specifically said to our point about two random dudes talking about box bodies, drinking beers was like bang on. So right. I think we're accomplishing at least so far with one finished and uploaded session, but I think we're achieving sort of that, that feel and that vibe that we were after. So I'm really thankful yeah. for that. I was, I jumped on Paul DeFox's live stream this evening. He actually mentioned and, and brought it up and had no problem promoting it. Uh, Northern Fox bodies. Uh, he actually put it up on his Instagram there not too long ago. So there's a lot of love nice. and, and yeah, no, I appreciate it hundred percent. I do know Fox body FX, uh, Mr. Right. Lance, who's got the, um, the real Celine, Celine SSE. Yep. He, um, he started a podcast as well and, you know, make sure to check that out. You know, the more the merrier. I agree. I was actually chatting with, um, I, I didn't know his name was Lance, but yeah, Fox Body FX today because I listened to uh, his first episode. He did a really nice job with it. Yeah, um, no, and I would like to, uh, we did speak, sorry, about collaboration. And obviously we have something to talk about in the in the Celine world as well. So we'll see what yeah. happens. And, and I think that that's the other point that we talked about as well. And I guess these are just sort of housekeeping uh, quick topics, I guess we can call them, um, is about yeah. involving more enthusiasts and fox body minded individuals onto our podcast right so i think we need to come up with some sort of avenue or a channel for people to reach out to us maybe for next episode we can come up with something and you know have people submit and you know bring them along we want just pure enthusiasts and whether you have a cool story or you know you have some feedback or some experience to share you know, we, we like yeah. meeting new people. Yeah, I think so too. Um, I, I'm sure that there's, uh, well, just from the, all the, the nice words and everything that everyone sent out about episode one, I'm, I'm sure that each and every one of those folks would be interested in uh, doing a, like we're doing a, a beer and a, a BS in the garage and telling some war stories about their cars or their builds. And I mean, heck, when I first started 
dicking around with Instagram and, and even YouTube for that matter. I mean, I, I didn't have any, uh, any real aspirations for, um, any of my stuff ever really being known. It was just all, I thought, Oh, what the heck? It's it, my wife talked me into doing it. I think I mentioned that before, like, and then, uh, here it is, you know, it turns into this thing where, um, which I absolutely love. I mean, and I think anyone that's listening that, that knows any of my stuff knows that, I mean, if I don't get back to you, I've 1000% missed something or it didn't make its way through. Cause I, I do my best to answer everybody's questions and help out. And I mean, <clears throat> I should maybe put a bit of a disclaimer in there. I mean, I, I'm in a lot of respects, just as dumb as shit as everyone else is. Um, but you know, if there's anything I can help with, I, uh, I absolutely love it. So we all make mistakes and we all have those problems. Actually, my video that I'm uploading on YouTube right now um, is a carpet dying fail. <laughs> I got the process down uh, and, and yeah. you know, I'd done it a million times before, but products change over the years. And sure enough, I went to try a new product and uh, it didn't turn out so good in the end. But uh, yeah, it happens to the best. It happens. Yep. Yep. And we're all in this together. So, um, yeah, just to round that out, I mean, for anyone listening that uh, has some interest in, in bailing on with us and, like I say, having a beer and a BS, um, we're all for it. So, uh, yeah, this is the, the, the Fox Body Community Podcast. Absolutely. Yeah, let's do some vert talk. Um, maybe let me start because I'm newer to the vert game than you are. So, I'll maybe interview you a little bit. So, I actually, let's start here. I don't know the backstory on the stalker vert. The holy grail of verts. Chris has a triple black vert that, I mean, I don't, maybe even Joe Rogan would like that one. Pulling a little bit of something <laughs> out of our first episode. Like that thing is gross. How nice it is. Oh, well, thank you. Thank so where you. did it come from? Where did you get it? What's the, what's the backstory? You know what? This is the best part about this car and I need to do the write-up on it with AutoBio, uh, which is that cool little app that I found, sticker on your windshield, yeah. you scan it, right? And then it gives you all the story about your vehicle. So- I've seen that in your YouTube video. Yeah, you got one on the Lightning. Yeah, no, and, and you know what? I, I love it. I, I'm actually so upset that I didn't come up with the idea coming from a tech background, but it's out there and it's, it's really, really cool. Maybe we can actually put that in, in the description um of the video yeah. for anybody who's interested but um it, i guess the acquisition of the car was oh man early 2000s I, i'm going to try and go through this you know as okay. as, as quick as possible because it is long-winded i i wasn't even wanting a convertible i had actually sold a convertible because i wanted to go back to a coupe so okay i had a hatch actually I had two hatches i got a coupe then I was like, oh, convertibles are hot. I want a convertible. So I got one. Then I sold it because I wanted to go back to a coupe because I missed, it, missed the hard top. Right. And, and so I'm on the corral.net, which, you know, kind of oh, yeah. dates us. It dates us. It's, and I think I was on dial up or, or very close to it at the time still. And there was this guy selling the, this convertible, which was the stalker vert in stock form. Now, black, oh my. black top, silver bottom, red pinstripe. I think he had ponies on it instead of the turbines. 
because it's actually an 87 car. So it's the vert okay. that has the mirrors that you would have on a hard top with the window frame that's been cut. It's not the vert doors that have the mirrors that are on the sides, which came out in 88. So okay. that, that's kind of the only giveaway of the car that it's not, or yeah, that it that it's an actually 87 because everything else has been changed over. And I'll get into that later. So um, okay. stock car, it had a black interior and the guy, you know, I, again, I wasn't looking for a convertible. I was more trolling because I was looking for a coupe, but I came across his ad. And I, I remember I said something on the post and then like a week later, the interior is gray. And I'm like, oh. what the hell's going on? And he's like, oh yeah, no, I got a really good offer for the black interior. So I put gray back in it and you know, it's, um, it's, you know, I reduced the price to reflect it. And, and sure enough, because black interiors always pulled a lot of money. And, you know, okay. he was asking. So it was originally friend, a gray? Yeah, it was originally a gray. He had converted it to black. Then he sold the black okay. and put gray in it, you know? So it, all of this type of shifty swapping behavior has been happening for, for decades, right? Uh, <laughs> and obviously he was just trying to capitalize on the sale. Cause I think he was asking like 4,500 bucks and for whatever reason, I kind of like the idea of this car. Cause I was in Florida and I'm like, you know what? I've, I've never flown somewhere to go get a Fox body. I've always bought locally. This would be a great opportunity, you know, go down to Florida, buy a car, drive it back. So we actually go back and forth. And I said, you know what? I would have been interested in the car if it had black interior. And he's like, well, funny enough that you should say that I can actually get a black interior for it and I'll swap it out for you. So we made the deal and okay. I ended up buying the car without, you know, seeing it in person. And, and this is back in the days where you're sending money orders to people. I guess you could right. do a bank wire, but you know, it was, I don't even know if eBay, no, eBay was out. It was new because I was going to say I was on Yahoo auctions before eBay ever came out. Um, but this is just dating me so <laughs> terribly. Anyways, so I, I book a flight and me being me, I, I have pretty good faith in people and I feel like I can build pretty good relationships with the people that I buy cars from. And, and I reach out to them and I say, listen, man, I'm flying down with a friend of mine. Do you mind? Like, can we crash at your place? You know, and, and we'll just get up in the morning and we'll drive the car. Like we'll leave. Like we're going to go up to Daytona beach. Cause he was down in, he was in Miami and okay. he, he, he told me what happened after I had asked that question once, like later on, I, I didn't even know like what the result of this was. So apparently and, and I didn't know any of it. So he's, he was a married guy. He's still married. And he had a daughter who was maybe, oh man, I want to say maybe she was four. And I guess they were actually in the process of moving from Miami to Orlando. And he okay. was the only one at the house with the car. His wife and daughter had already moved up north. So I guess he messaged his wife and said, listen, these crazy Canadians are coming to buy this car. And they've asked to stay at the house. 
And she's like, are you fucking crazy? Like, you're just going to let two random guys stay at the house. He's like, don't worry. Yeah, but they're Canadians. They're harmless. Like, shit. He's like, don't worry. I've got my gun. You know, everything will be fine. So we fly down. He picks us up in like a nice 91 LX hatch automatic and takes us to the best pizza place in Miami called Casola's. And it's still there. If you're ever in Miami, go get Casola's pizza. The slices are like the size of your arm. And really? Yeah, man. So we go to the house and, you know, look at the car, obviously. And, you know, it checked out. Everything was good. And he's like, yeah, there's the sofa, YouTube. And it was like an L shape. So, you know, we just kind of, me and my friend slept foot to foot. And, yeah. um, you know, <laughs> the guy I bought it off of, whose name is Lewis, he, he wakes us up in the morning. He's like, okay, I got to go to work. You fuckers get out of here type deal. <laughs> and, um, and so, you know, we hop in the car, put the top down and, and we drove to Daytona. So I actually, I kept in touch with him. So once I got back to Canada, I sent him, you know, some pictures said, Hey man, we made it back. And, um, we, we just sort of went back and forth randomly, but the crazy part of the story is, is that a year later, I went down to Florida again, just to visit. And I went and caught up with him and actually stayed this time with him and his wife and his kid, because like, it felt like we knew each other so long. And six months after that, I ended up literally moving down there to work for his company and ended up living with them. And and today he is, he's family. Like he's no kidding. The brother I never had. Yeah, man. So the craziest part of, I guess, that story was, (laughs) was that the whole time during this buying process, he was just like, you have no idea how many times I thought you were full of shit. He's like, I never sold a car to anyone out of state, let alone out of country. And like, he made me pay him up front in full because I needed the title, right? I needed to send the title to the border so that it could clear. So he's like, I'm not sending you the title unless you send me the money. So I had to put that faith in. And then, you know, he mailed me the title and I had to mail it to the U.S. Customs. And, you know, then he tells me, you know, I think it was on that that second trip back where I met his wife and and daughter that he told me everything about how his wife had freaked out that he was letting us stay there and about having the gun. And he's like, I slept with my gun under the pillow that night, just in case you fools tried to, um, to pull something. But he's like, you two guys were so scared that you were in Miami, that there might be a drive by. I had nothing to worry about. So, so that's, that's how I got the car. And, um, it's, I think it's the after story that that's just so cool, you know, and it ending up working for him. And to even add to that, when I moved to Dubai, I actually moved him, his wife and his, his daughter to Dubai for two years um, for an opportunity that I found them over there. So we've Dude, kind cool. of, we've traveled the world together, lived together, you know, done all these things. and it was, it was all over buying a, a convertible Fox body. So I don't know if that's reason enough to buy one, uh, but right. 
like I have so many stories about that car and, and you know, me and Lewis even, cause I ended up selling it to the friend that I flew down to get the car with originally. Um, oh. I ended up selling it to him and me and Lewis, when we were in Dubai, actually ended up buying the car back off of my friend so that we could collectively, we had the car shipped to California, to Celine to do the Mustangs across America tour. And I think we touched on that last episode. And yeah, we drove that thing um, right across the country um, as sort of like a throwback to how we met, you know, in the car that was part of the transaction. So super cool, man. Um, that is unreal. And like, I'm sure I, I get the appreciation that I probably got like 15% of the story, but like, that is too cool. Yeah, no, it is, man. And, and that car, like if it could talk, it, it, it honestly, it needs a voice. <laughs> yeah, no kidding, hey? So was he, was Lewis um, close to first, what, um, probably second or third owner at that point, hey? I believe he was the second owner. I need to actually okay. pull it up again. Uh, but my understanding was like Miami car its whole life. I believe it was a, a woman that owned it and it had higher miles. I want to say it had 120 K miles on it. And that was in okay. 2000. So the car had been driven. Oh, right. Interesting. And you got it in stock format and then it's uh, well, probably between yourself and then your other buddy that owned it for a bit. It uh, sort of took the shape that it currently has now. Yeah. He, my friend actually didn't end up doing much to it. He raised it up a little because it was too low for him. But, you know, that car went through a lot of iterations. It was, you know, stock. Then it was a 306 with a Vortec on it. I had Raceland drop spindles with a custom suspension setup. And then it went back to just normal springs. Now it's back on coilovers. It was painted originally a gloss black with a white pearl. Then it went satin black. Then it went back to gloss black. So, you know, there's there's a lot of layers of paint. And yeah, like every single body panel has some sort of modification done to it, right? Because there's no handles, there's no fuel door, there's no door locks, there's the custom stalker front bumper, the custom GT right. free air rear bumper that I did, the convertible top, the whole assembly is out of a 93. I ended up swapping the whole interior over again to another black interior that I had that was minty. Because the one that Lewis put in was good, but a couple of the pieces were sourced from different cars. So like, you know, the glove box door was a little bit more faded than the, the rest of the dash and against the console. And I just wanted everything to match. So that all got redone and oh man, it's, that car it's just and it's an ongoing project you know i love to hate that car it's like there's always something wrong with it but it always starts and runs and drives <laughs> yeah that's awesome well <clears throat> okay now i actually i had this written down but you saying the 93 top um refreshes my memory on it and uh, i wanted to cover this with you now correct me you're going to know more about this than i will but i know there's something about i think it's 87 88 maybe 89 um the top is different they've got that section above the rear window that's raised it's almost like a the seam a seam yeah 
and they sit higher when they're rolled back. Yeah, so everything everything area. up until 90 sits up about six inches higher. So if you go to 91 to 93, then your top goes down a little bit lower and you won't have that seam that runs along the top with the two little chrome or stainless caps on the end. Right. Now, sometimes, you know, a, a top shop will put a top on a, you know, a 91 through 93 and they'll end up putting a top on that has that seam uh, because they need something to, to physically cover it instead of that, the top being completely one piece. But technically it should be seamless uh, if you have a 91 okay. through 93. So now I, I'm assuming that that is just due to the folding mechanism. Is that right? You know what? I've never actually looked at it. I'm, I don't know if it's the, the hydraulics. I don't know if it's in the arms themselves because to bolt in the frame assembly, there's literally, there's physically no visible difference and, and they work. You can interchange them. No problem. You know, I, I literally had that whole top frame changed out in an hour and you, you wouldn't know any different other than the fact that, you know, to somebody who really knows they'd be like, Oh, that top looks a little bit lower than my top, but that's right. pretty much it. Yeah. Well, and it is, it, I mean, I notice it now only because I had it pointed out to me and now my attention is drawn to it. But I mean, chances are prior to owning a convertible and having someone show me this, I would have never known the difference. But I just assumed it had something to do with the folding mechanism because I'm like, there's no way that they change the floor pan. You know what I mean? It's not as if everything is recessed more. So yeah, and you would think I didn't know how that worked. The only other thing that you would have thought was maybe that in 90, when airbags and rear lap belt or rear shoulder belts were introduced, that maybe that would have had something to do with it. But if that was the case, the change would have happened in 90. And it act so in 90, it already right. had the shoulder belts and you know the the upgraded rear plastics, which are like the holy grail of of Fox body interior pieces these days. But yeah, isn't that the truth? No, it's, it's crazy. You know, you find the set of those, if anybody's got a set of rear convertible plastics from 90 to 93, in fact, I'd take them in any color. If they're in good shape, reach out to me. I'm, I can always do look because. <laughs> do you want them with good screw holes or broken screw holes on the top? Well, well you know. <laughs> Yeah, I can always fix that. And the big thing now is, you know, do you want a hole cut out for a style bar or no style bar? Mm -hmm. So I'm actually looking yeah. for another set. I'd actually like to find a set that that has been cut for the bar so that that way I can put the bar in. But that way, that's the only reason why I don't have a bar in that car is because I didn't want to cut the plastics. Right. So, you know, I'm really torn on Lemon Dropped because our, I have the bar with the LED ready to go for that build. And I have a mint set of black rear plastics original to that car, but I don't want to cut into them. Right, yeah. Yeah, no one has, well, and I guess for good reason, I just, I don't think the market's there, but nobody has tried to uh, recreate those convertible bits for the rear, hey? No, and- At you least know, that I'm aware of. That and it's, you know, even the door panels are different because the, the chrome trim, for anybody that has an 88 
enough convertible with the mirrors on the sides that the trim runs uh, edge to edge of the top of the door panel instead of stopping before the little triangle for the the power mirror plate would be. Right, that's true. So yeah. that's the other little difference. But otherwise, and the kick panels actually are different. The kick panels are actually, they're the same as a hard top, but they're cut at the bottom to accommodate the, I guess, additional reinforcement down in the kick panel slash rocker panel area. Okay. Yeah, there's those funny, subtle little differences that um, I was completely ignorant to them, in all honesty, um, until I started taking that one apart that I got. And uh, it, yeah, it, it blew my mind. I mean, <clears throat> even back in my late high school, well, it actually, for me, um, there wasn't a whole bunch of foxes around town in high school. I mean, and now I grew up in a very small town, like 2,500 people. So there was maybe four, three or four at most. Uh, actually, probably a couple of four bangers. But you know what I mean? A couple of proper five oak cars, three of them maybe. And uh, it wasn't until I went to college that I ran into a bunch of guys that had them. And out of that group, I think there was only two convertibles. So, yeah, they're... Uh, and I guess that goes back to why the rear interior panels haven't been recreated and stuff they're just there's not as many of them around you know no absolutely and you know it's that whole supply and demand thing but at the same time you know look at kook rear corridor windows there's a huge market yeah. and demand for those and it's it's very hit and miss i would have thought you know i know daniel carpenter has a his options there but i don't know who knows Hopefully we'll see some of these pieces. Yeah. I'm sure we will. And I say that with the anticipation and the prediction that convertibles are going to make that comeback. And, you know, there's that, that old term that top goes down, price goes up. And yeah. I think that, that that will return. I think that as we get older and going alongside with automatics, you know, People are just going to want to cruise and they're not going to worry so much about how fast they can go and everything else. And the convertibles, especially the GT convertibles, that was the most expensive Fox that you could buy. And back in the day, they were, they were almost untouchable to me. I remember I, I was in hard tops because I couldn't afford the convertibles because they were all over 10 grand. And when right. I finally managed to get into a convertible, that was sort of my, my trade up approach, you know, kind of build, sell, make a bit, get something better. And, you know, once I got into the verts, then uh, things, I guess, continuously improved, which is great. But if we look now, these poor convertibles, you know, you can find some really clean ones for a pretty good deal and they don't seem to be as molested uh, due to race car activities. Hell, some people are even taking convertibles and welding coupe roofs on them so that they can get a, a clean coupe. I've seen that a couple times, but that sort of leads me into... Really? Yeah. But tell us about your, your convertible because you have now bought one sort of in this market where convertibles yeah. there are good convertibles to find and it looks like 
you've found a really nice one. So <clears throat> it's true. And uh, I, I don't have like, I'm more of the shit luck guy than I am the good luck guy. So the funny part and why I bring that up is this car found me. Um, I just, I had a, <clears throat> well, okay. I'm going to tell the story. So it's as real as possible because I think that's, what's going to make this podcast <laughs> let our true colors shine. So when I'm just having beers with my buddies and they want to know the story on the convertible, this is how it goes. So I get a random comment on one of my YouTube videos and a nice little write up. And it says, you know, listen, we've got this car. It's got a pretty neat backstory and uh, we're thinking about selling it. We just don't want to see it end up in the wrong hands type thing and have somebody, whatever, either wreck it or whatever. And uh, why don't you send me your email? And I, so at the time I'm thinking, okay, I'm, I'm kind of new to this internet game. And I'm also kind of old school, like, you know, is somebody going to track me down and slit my throat? Like what? This is kind of getting a little close to home, but. And then I also thought, if I send this email out, am I just going to get a bunch of dick pics back? Like, what am I doing? You know, I'm not like, oh, what the hell? What's a couple of dick pics? So I send the guy, <laughs> I send the guy, the guy my email or this individual, right? Because everybody's got usernames. I don't know what I'm dealing with, guy, gal, whatever. And uh, I get this email back and it's a monster. Like I'm talking five, six paragrapher and a bunch of photos. And uh the whole email is kind of the, the backstory on the car. So how it started was in 1991, this car was bought uh, from a Ford dealership in Arkansas. Actually, I don't even know if it was official. Well, it was obviously bought, but it was one of these weird deals, almost like a lottery home because it was going to be gifted to the winner of the Miss Arkansas pageant, 1991. And yeah. so this, yes. And so this gal wins it, which is actually a quick little side note. I've tried to reach out to this gal because I think one, it'd make an awesome YouTube video. And two, I'd love, like you, you know what I mean? I like drawing that, that path and that story of these cars. I think it's neat to connect. And I, th I thought, shit, she'd probably want to, I think she'd be pretty uh, tickled knowing that the car was still around and it's all the way up in Canada now you know what I mean like these things tell stories um anyway I think she thinks I probably want to send her dick pics because this girl's ghosting me I can't get a hold of this gal to save my life so or the story is bullshit one of the two right and I'm just hitting on some random gal trying to get her uh to talk to me on my YouTube channel but anyway that was the way the story goes and then she rattled around uh the southeast like uh from arkansas i think it spent some time in florida and then it ultimately ended up in texas and it went to auction and the the guy and gal that owned it owned it just before i got it um the gal her dad bought it out of auction and gifted it to her for her 16th birthday so did the bowl put it on the driveway the whole bit she comes out all excited, opens the door and goes, dad, it's a five speed. I don't know how to drive stick. So <laughs> the car sat 
<laughs> and sat and sat and sat. Um, I guess she was dating a fella that his parents owned a body shop. And because of being a Southern car, paint was looking a little faded. Top was a little rough. So uh, I guess as a gift to her or whatever, they resprayed it and put a new top on it. And then again, it sat. And the folks that I got it from, you know, they had a little guy and just life happened. And then they reached out to me and said, are you interested? So we started the whole process, pictures, videos, FaceTimes and Zoom calls and whatever. And I mean, my wife was telling me like, you're nuts. What are you doing? Like, you, you can't just buy a car sight on scene. I'm like, I know I tease people for this too, but I'm like, these people are great. I get a good vibe from them. And, you know, drawn from our last chat, I'm like, I just get a good feel. Like they, they hit me in the heart and uh, I think this is going to go good. So anyway, down to the bank, I go, I got their account number. And uh, I go to wire him the money and the gal I was dealing with. She's a bit of a character. She goes, uh, she goes, you look nervous. I said, well, I kind of am. I said, I'm wiring somebody I've never met money. Oh, oh, uh, okay. You know, I'll, uh, you got all the, you know, all your ducks in a row and your shit in order. I'm like, I think so. Like, let's just do this quick. Okay. Or else I'm going to change my mind. I'm going to walk out of here. So right before she goes <laughs> to hit the button, she goes, last chance buddy i'm like don't do this to me like just send the goddamn money let's move on you know and anyway <laughs> it all worked it all worked out great there was one little hiccup where um because i had to ultimately depend on them to get it to the transport company to bring it up to me and uh we had a weird run-in with a driver like i think that the transport driver said so the fellow i bought it from his name's josh told josh he was going to kill him. Like it, it got a little heated in one of their oh. phone conversations, all due to like timing and location and pickup. It was a bit of a shit show. And meanwhile, I got all kinds of cash laid out that I'm probably never seeing again. And ultimately dependent on this car, making it way up to the great white North. So, uh, but anyway, she arrived and uh, yeah, me and the wife, we took the kids down on their PJs uh we all got it down at canadian tire here just down below us and uh drove her home with the texas plates on it for the first time snuck it home but uh she got home safe oh that's good man yeah that's crazy those shippers you know and, and i've been dealing with them a lot lately it, it's funny because yeah. a lot of them are just well actually we, we spoke i think you might have actually used montway initially didn't you yeah yeah so yeah. they're just sort of like a big brokerage of transport drivers right and man i've got i've had some really awesome ones and then i've had some that it's just like it's written right in the notes 24 hours notice and you know i've had to put my friends you know receiving the cars for me here in texas in some pretty interesting binds you know the one was in the the ice storm of texas last year when my 93 cobra showed up and the guy got his truck stuck in the back of my yard and they need to get a tow truck and oh. like oh man it was just a mess just because you know this guy failed to give proper notice and communicate accordingly but yeah it's uh well hey every car has a story so that's uh that's yeah. super cool man and i i didn't yeah. realize all of your um 
the the beautiful no pun intended history of your car <laughs> right i know it's uh well the chances of that gal here in this podcast are somewhere between slim and none but um i've even gone as far as to get my wife to try to reach out to her i just i don't know what it is. well i mean i, I guess i kind of know like you know if you aren't friends with someone the you know messages can end up in the great abyss of like request files and shit so who knows if she's seen them uh there there's a slight side of me that i mean i've really got no reason to question the story because these people i got it from i still chat with them but um the only other thing i can think of is that the story's bullshit which doesn't change the car the car is great but it definitely sweetens it with the story right and like i like the story Oh, absolutely. You know, the story will sell the car ultimately because it's just yeah. so cool, right? Yeah. Well, and it's been funny. I mean, you know, I'm sure you do the same. Every time you get a car, it's like, okay, what are we going to find, right? So, especially when you start removing panels, carpet, seats, right? Like, what in the hell was going on in this car? Lord knows how long ago, right? Um, now, living where it did full of sand i mean this rig saw some beach days for sure (laughs) um i found cigars uh what the hell was there was something really weird it was definitely a female i don't want to say a female product because i know where everybody's head goes when it wasn't (laughs) that pregnancy test uh (laughs) yeah all all kinds of hair ties like it definitely a gal owned it at some point you know yeah um the other funny part though and i've i've come to find out that this is a big texas thing that car well it must have been stored outside for periods of time it was full of those i think they're called mud buggers they're like a wasp oh mud dollars mud nests mud dauber that's it yeah oh Christ, yeah i'm still finding the bloody things oh you should see man they're huge in florida as well my 86 four i video one of them when i'm test fitting the dutch kit or getting it ready for paint one of those things there was a bunch of mud daubers that i had found and shown them on video but they were all over that car so did you actually still have the actual mud dauber wasp or just the nests so there were actually a few and the one you could see like the larvae larvae um yeah no it was oh man they're nasty (laughs) so but now are they i'm just trying to picture these things i assume they look like a wasp but like i'm also of the impression they're kind of harmless well those nests i've only ever really seen them dried out so i'm not sure i'm I'm no insect um, expert but i almost (laughs) have a feeling that that's where they hatch and then once they come out of the mud then the mud just dries up and is left over so then they move on to bigger and better things at least that's what i think i I could be wrong because i only ever found them empty or with dead ones inside like they didn't make it well i'll tell you what they build a hell of a house those things are built for a nuclear disaster like it's crazy oh absolutely i guess what's your love or your why avert okay well, that's interesting you ask because I, prior to getting this one, I, I didn't really have any, 
not that I didn't have any interest in them. I love them all the same, <clears throat> but I just, it wasn't on my radar. It, it wasn't as if I was looking for one or anything. And um, <clears throat> well, I think a lot of people feel this way about, um, well, buying anything really, but cars, especially like if they find you, then it's probably worth at the very least giving them a sniff test. Right. And, and checking it out. Um, well, almost like friendships, like you and I, I mean, Christ, face plant into each other. Um, still to this day, never uh, shaken hands, but you know what I mean? It's just like stars align and things happen. So that was, there wasn't really a, an initial love, but I tell you what, there definitely is now. Um, I would not even hesitate if another one presented itself to me for sure. Yeah. And you know, it, it's funny that you say that because I don't think I really like convertibles for the fact that they're convertibles. Like for instance, I actually don't even like the look of my convertible with the top down. I, I don't, I hate having the top down and it, it's never down. Um, you know, my, my, my friend Chuck, who, who went with me to go get the car initially, he was always like top down, top down, top down. And it was even snowing out one day and, and he had the damn top down in the car. Um, but me, I could, I, I honestly, there's something about them in my opinion, especially in black, that the cars look so sinister knowing Right. Or seeing that that convertible top is there and knowing that it could go down, but it's not down. It's like you got options, but you choose not to utilize them. <laughs> if that makes any sense. Right. And, and for the same, it does. To the same point, I love T tops, but with the glass in, I, I actually think that they look hideous with, with the glass removed. I think that they're, it looks like something's missing. I rather have the, OG factory drinking sunroof and have that out um, in comparison to the T-roof. <laughs> and, and everybody loves and is obsessed with T-top coupes. And I get it. They're cool. They're rare. But I actually, an, an LX coupe in plain Jane format with the T-glass out, like it, it looks ugly. I, I don't care what anybody right. says. Like it just some it, an LX coupe just in plain Jane form, especially in a four I. You know, just imagine it stock ride height, stock wheels, you know, probably in an ugly color that you'd rather not see. Like you'd never choose to paint your car that color with half yeah. of the roof missing. Like it just to me, it, it I don't know, it's sort of like IROC status. You know, like, where's your mullet and your baby? Like, I don't know, man. I have to throw it out well, there. But but I do love a T-top, you know what I mean? But um, it's just something about it. And and for the same reasons, I, I didn't want a convertible necessarily. I did want one, but I wanted one because I knew they were worth money initially. So to me, it was investment. Right. It was business. You know, people always wanted to put the top down. I, I cared less, but I, I guess it's got some coolness factor to it. And now to this day, you know, the, the verts aren't worth as much as some of the other body styles, but, you know, I still have a respect for them and, and think that 
there's a lot of people that love putting the top down, you know, but to me, I just, especially if you're yeah. two dudes, you know, you're two dudes cruising in any convertible for that matter. And it, it just doesn't <laughs> look right. You know, especially if you're listening to music. and people can really hear your music because there's no roof there. There's nothing insulating the sound. So you kind of look like douchebags. You know, I just think of the song Scrubs right. back in the day. Like, I just, I don't want to be, <laughs> I, I don't want all that attention. <laughs> it's it's funny you say that because I actually, I, I have a similar feeling about them. And now um, I do enjoy going out and, and it's, it's all still very new to me, but I, um, you know, it, it's pretty hard to beat uh anything with a top down but from an aesthetic standpoint i couldn't agree with you more i mean and verts let's just state the obvious i mean they, they look like a coupe and i love the i love the look of them all don't get me wrong but coupes have a special place in most people's hearts um but i wanted to throw a little add on to what you're saying about uh there's just something about you know the ability to take the top off or take the t-roofs out or whatever and I, I maybe I'll uh, apologize up front. I don't think we're probably going to have too many gals listening to this podcast, but I'll try to say this as classy as possible. It's kind of like seeing a very attractive gal with a nice set of headlights and the top is a little too small. And you just go, man, that top down would be unreal, but it looks pretty good with it on. <laughs> yeah well you know what and, and sometimes i've always said that i loved four seasons of weather and that actually even the middle east because everyone was always went on about you know the women are covered and you can't see them and to me right. in canada you know when women are dressed up for the winter they're they're bundled you know what i mean you, you really like unless they're yep. wearing some really form-fitting winter jackets, which I think that that crazy Canada Goose brand or whatever it is that the jackets cost too much, I think some of them have more of like the three-quarter length, and and you can see some curves around them. Um, but it, right. it brings that whole other mystery element, you know, because yes, they'll have their yes. teeth on, they're bundled up, you know, they got a scarf on their face, but you can just maybe see the eyebrows and, and their eyes. And, and same thing in the Middle East, when, when women wear the abayas, it leaves more mystery to what's underneath and, and you know, what's potentially there. Yeah. And, and I think the same thing kind of goes with, with, the, with the verts, especially when they're all blacked out. Like, you know, mine, I, even my windshield's tinted, man. So, you know, people are wondering if it's black in there. Right. Hell, I, might, I might have porno red in there. You would never know. <laughs> <laughs> well, and... As for as many years as I've admired that stalker bird, I don't think I've ever seen a photo of it with the top down. Well, Gearhead ever. managed. Gearhead got me to put the top down, and we actually went for a little drive Did down he? the road. Yeah, two dudes at a vert with the top down. Come on. Yeah, well, it is in the in in, in <laughs> the middle of nowhere, Texas. Like like nobody saw us. But and you know what? Oh, good. Good. <laughs> I have to say, so going back to convertibles and you know what they're great in stock or close to stock form but it, and you've mm. maybe noticed this now or maybe you haven't because you haven't finished your exhaust swap yet or you're in process of it right um the difference 
and the road noise, you know, because I, I saw your video and you could hear the bumps, you could hear the scrapes, right. and the bangs and the everything. But once you have that yeah. louder exhaust, one, once you have the wife in the car, because that's the other thing too, right? Like sometimes the wind, it, wind levels are high, so, so people's hair can get me messed up. Things are louder. And, but my biggest complaint, because funny enough, after Mustangs Across America, me and Lewis sold the Stalker Vert again. Because we, we just bought it to do the drive. And then we're like, you know what? When we're done, we're going to put it on eBay and we'll sell it. And we did. And we sold it to a dude in Texas. So no his way. wife, yeah, his wife, by the way, actually reached out to me in the auction. She said, listen, I'm buying this for my husband. It's his dream car. I'm like, okay. So they bought it. And I told her to tell him that if, you know, they ever go to sell it, I want first right or refusal just because there was so much history. And, and a year later, I think it was either one or two years later, he sent me an email and said, hey, do you want to buy this car back? Uh, he sold it to me for exactly what he bought it for me for, which, which was awesome. And nothing had changed. He's like, you know, I, I changed the, some of the bulbs to LED. That, that's literally all he had done. So yeah, I, I just had pretty much started dating my now fiance and I was in Dubai and she was in Canada and we were going to meet in Dallas. And I literally flew from Dubai to Dallas, took the airport shuttle directly to dude's house, picked up the stalker vert, and then went to the hotel that she had flown into the night before and picked <laughs> her up. And we drove from Dallas to Austin, which was a three hour drive. By the time we got back, she was nice about it because we had just sort of started dating, but she would tell you now that like she hates the cars. She's like, it's loud, it's obnoxious, the fumes, and it was the fumes that got her because there's no cats, there's no emissions, there's no nothing. So, you know, and it runs rich. It, it <laughs> yeah, she, and, and that's the other thing. And don't get me wrong, like anytime that I drive that car and you know, I get out of it, it's just like, might as well's operating a two-stroke motor the whole day you know what i mean you just reek a fume so right. um yeah man like so there's some downfalls and especially once you do and start doing those mods because the bangs get louder the squeaks get louder the fumes get stronger um those are sort of all the things that you need to be prepared for 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 vert ownership and man i i got one more story yeah. that, that i do want to share and I don't want to feel like I'm hijacking. Oh yeah. Podcast, but um, don't bring it. So I think every single one of us has that one story on a road trip or that you've gone on. That's just an unforgettable memory. And my one is in the stalker vert and it's now the, the benchmark of the worst case scenario that could happen to you. So now whenever I'm on a road trip, because we all go through this, we'll be like, Oh, man, I don't have a spare tire. Hopefully I don't get a flat or I hope the alternator doesn't go halfway or I hope I don't have, you know what I mean? We, we all go through that. Like is, is some shit going to yeah. break in my car? So after yeah. this story, I never worry about anything else that could happen on a road trip. So, okay. It is March of whatever year, 2004, maybe. And the stalker vert had its first paint job. It had 
its first go around at the Vortec blower and all my stereo was installed. Like it was pretty much a fresh build. And right. me and my friend are like, we're going to go down to Florida and uh, go do some work for his dad, whose dad was doing, um, or sorry, wanting to restore his like 1981 Porsche 944. Oh, and it's a special nice. edition. Um, so yeah, so, so me and my friend who um, is actually the one who's painted a few of my cars, we're going to Florida to do this Porsche. So super cool opportunity. Okay. And you're, you're going down from Canada? And we're going down from Canada. Okay. So it's, it's March. So March is sort of a volatile month in terms of winter. And we're assessing, yep. do we go down I-75, you know, through Detroit, or are we going to go I-95, kind of uh, more New York side down the coast? And we're going to pick the warmest day because, or, or at least with sunshine, because the stock overt didn't have heat. I removed the luxuries. So the, okay. the heater core piping on the intake, on the lower intake manifold, just not even existent. So... The, there, there's no heat and it's a convertible right so yeah we we pick it was like a wednesday or something and it was going to be sunshine during the day it was going to be below freezing but you know sunshine out and reflecting in a vehicle should keep you warm enough and we're figuring you know we only need to drive about eight hours if we hit it all during daylight we'll be okay and by then the temperatures will start warming up so we originally yeah. wanted to go down 75 and there was some warnings for activities around the Great Lakes. So we're like, okay, screw it. We're going to go down up and down 95 and everything was going smoothly. The sun was shining. My mom was actually so worried before we left. She bought this little Coleman heater fan thing that you would plug into your cigarette lighter that could like make heat. <laughs> yeah. And let me tell yeah. you, you could not feel any heat coming off that thing because there was so much cold air no. coming in through the top because no convertible top feels <laughs> properly, right? So yeah, we get to the border and we're literally going through the customs line and I could sort of start smelling rotten eggs. I'm like, well, that's odd. I'm like, I don't have cats. They're not overheating. Maybe it's, you know, another vehicle around or something like that. And... Yeah. We get through the border and it gets stronger and stronger. And I had the battery mounted in the trunk of the car. So okay. you know, trunk mount and like, man, we better pull over. So pull over, pop the trunk and dude, the battery was like, you couldn't even touch it. So it was getting Boiling. so hot. It was an Optima yellow top. So I forget what we did to get the terminals off. And we had pulled over, it was close to a garage or a shop or something, you know, it was off the main interstate. And we literally, we got it off because I had a little backpack of tools with me just in case I was prepared and threw the battery in, in snow and it literally like started like sizzling. And I really? come to find out that apparently, because Optimas have top posts and side posts, and I was using all four of them. So I was using, you know, the main top post to go to the starter solenoid. The side post was going to all the stereo. Similarly, 
you know, yeah. ground to the body of the car. And then the ground, I was, I was grounding all the stereo out directly to the battery because, well, the battery was right there. Apparently, you can only use both top side posts of one polarity, but not both. So you can use both negatives and one positive, or you can use both positives and one negative, but you can't use all four. So oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, so I didn't know that. So we got a new interstate normal acid battery, put it in. Now we couldn't have stereo because I didn't have the, the hookups for it, but at least we were driving it. And this is only like, we're not even in Syracuse yet. So not very far right. on the journey and it's starting to get dark because, you know, we lost a little bit of time trying to figure out what was going on with this battery. So if you think that, that was yeah. part of the story, the story has just begun. We, <laughs> so we start to leave with a battery that's not overheating and, and shorting out and the snow starts coming down. So this oh. is back in the day, dude, there's no smartphones to be able to, you know, look up the weather and, and do radar tracking. Like we're back on like T9 texting <laughs> flip phone time. You know what I mean? So I think right. we called, yeah. we at least made a phone call. So we called somebody and they're like, yeah, I know you're approaching the snow belt of New York and there, there's massive storms. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. Oh no. So, dude, I kid you not, it's dark and we start hitting the mountains of Virginia and <laughs> there are tractor trailers. Like if you, and you know this because, you know, being out near the trans Canada, you know how some of those highways goes. There's literally runaway ramps for trucks that can't stop, you know, when they're going down. Some yeah, of those they lose their brakes. Roads, right. So we're in this box body, summer tires, snow's coming down, snow's coming through the convertible top onto us. We are in winter coats, gloves. Oh. like I think we're wearing like skate shoes, like we were dressed if okay if you were moving around but not to be just sitting driving in a car we were literally taking turns take off our shoes you know whoever was the passenger would put a lighter in the shoe to warm up the shoe and then give them back oh to the driver God. to put the shoes back on so that they could your feet would be warm and yeah. man I, I i kid you not there's there's transports like going in the ditch and i'm just like man, we got to stop. I'm like, we are going to get stuck or we're going to lose control. Because again, you're, you're in a 5.0 summer tires on literally snow and ice. Jeepers. To make matters worse, I had smoked headlights on like stock normal <laughs> factory bulbs. Like I didn't have HIDs in there. I didn't have LEDs in there. These are just normal. Yeah. Box. Like, so they're doing, like we're driving with the high beams on, right? We have no stereo. We yeah. just have wind noise, all of this shit. So we see a hotel and again, you can't call. There's no smartphones to check availability. All you can do is drive and do a check. So we drive, get off and it was right at the top of one of these mountainous roads that we were going on. And they're like, sorry, sir, we're full. And I'm like, can you please like give me a directory, a local directory of some hotels in the area? Because you know we're not gonna make it very far. And I, I forgot to mention, we actually got stuck in the driveway going up to this hotel because the car was spinning. So my friend was literally pushing the car while I was driving just to get us there and find out that they're full. So 
I oh, call no. man. So I call a couple of these flea bag hotels, which was all that was left. And one place is like, yeah, I have two rooms. I'm like, save me one of them. I'm coming right now. They're like, no problem. We leave the top of the mountain. We start going down the hill. I swear to God, the car dies. Like, I mean, oh, no. like it, it will turn over. So I have lights, I have accessory power, but that motor is not starting. So it was just, that's it. And we literally coasted down this hill and the car is something you could write out of a horror movie. It stops yeah. right next to the sign that says correctional facility, like right here. <laughs> Like, watch out for potential inmates. You know, one of those signs? Yeah. And I'm like, oh, my God. And, and it's blowing snow. So at least there's, you know, four-way hazards. And you can see the hotel sign in the distance. Like, it's maybe a quarter mile down the road, but it looks like it's a mile. So yeah. I say a, a car pulls over, and it was like a little ranger or something and the guy's like oh what's wrong i'm like the car's broke can you just you know get me down the road to this hotel and maybe we can figure out you know a way to tow the car or something he's like sure no problem so nice enough dude and i tell my friend i'm like joel stay with the car i'm like if you get out just remember to grab like the the key fob because the handles are shaved so all right yeah so he's with the car and this guy takes me down the road and there was like a 7-eleven right before the hotel and there was a, a trucker in the 7-eleven um because it was a gas station as well so i i find the trucker and i'm like dude by any chance do you have any straps and he's like yeah i got one actually i had to cut or whatever so he gives me this piece of strap and i'm like right on so the guy who drove me down in this little Ford Ranger. I'm like, man, do you mind if, you know, we hook on to your trailer hitch and we'll just pull, pull the car back. He's like, yeah, man, no problem. Yeah. So we turn and leave out of the 7-Eleven and my friend walks in. I'm like, dude, what the fuck? Why aren't you at the car? He's like, another car <laughs> stopped. I got out to tell them that I was okay and the wind blew the door shut and now I'm locked out, was locked out of the car. <laughs> So I'm like, oh my God. So now the car's sitting there unattended, keys in the ignition, not like anybody could steal it in those conditions. But dude, I, I'm telling you, it was 15 below with the wind chill, blowing snow. I grabbed a windshield wiper Jeez. arm off the, the assembly and I managed to wedge the arm between the glass and the rubber weather strip and get the door yeah. handle to open the door. Um, I actually chipped the glass and that chip is still on the glass to this day and um, got in the car. Dude, I wrapped that strap right around the rad support. I didn't even care. It was just like that no fucks moment where I was just like, just get us the fuck out of here. So yeah. around the rad support, nice and easy, did no damage, thankfully. So everything was good. Got to the hotel. So wake up the next morning and, and now I got to try and fix the car and the weather the snow had stopped, but it was even colder, which really sucked. Oh. So I was literally asking random people to drive me to the parts store. And this is like a small, tiny town in like the Virginia <laughs> somewhere. And so first things first, I'm like, okay, it's the TFI module. You know what I mean? When it dies, the yeah. whole car dies. I'll replace it. Everything will be good. 
get a TFI yeah. module, come back to the car and it's so cold that I'm like, screw it. I'm just going to pull the distributor out and I'm going to change the module inside the hotel room. Yeah. And um, so I get the distributor in the hotel room. I put it down on the table and I hear tink, 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 tink. I'm like, the fuck was that? And it was a piece inside of the distributor that it actually broke randomly. So really? Yeah, it was actually the, the distributor. So I start calling some wreckers in the area and thankfully it was, it was a weekday and they had one for 20 bucks. I paid some random dude $20 to take me out because it was probably a 20, 25 mile hike. I, I felt like I was in the hills have eyes where, where, where I went and okay. I didn't know if I was coming back. It was, it was sketchy, but they had the part jammed it in the car. <laughs> um, I remember I was trying to find top dead center again and, and try and get the, the timing right. And I didn't have a timing light with me in the car. Right. So we had to tweak yeah. it a couple of times to, to try and get the car drivable enough, but yeah, we got on the road probably mid afternoon that next day. And thankfully by that evening, it started warming up, but man, I am telling you that <laughs> that whole episode or that whole 24 hours was just like a nightmare that would not end it. Like we laugh about it today and it adds so much more, I guess, depth to that car. And that's why I say black, boxes are cursed because it, it started with stuff like that. And I have more stories. I have stories with that car Mustangs across America that, you know, I almost sold the car to Lewis for 10 bucks. I was so pissed. Like, I just literally, I'm like, fly me home. Like, I don't even want to be, like, <laughs> yeah, I'm man, done with this thing. Yeah. I'm done with it. So, um, yeah, that's, hey, is uh, the, uh, is the, uh, salvage yard distributor still in the car? You know what? It very well could be, to be honest with you. Yeah, I do think it, it very well could be because I always run factory Ford distributors. I don't, um, I shy away from yep, the MSD stuff and all that. I'll, I'll take factory any day. That's the only time a Ford distributor ever let me down. Well, that's what I was going to say. Like, I mean, those things, I, I subscribe to the same uh, same background. Like it, they're, they're bulletproof and I, yeah, I, I'm, stuck with them as this far in the game um so to hear that one crapped out that's crazy yeah no it's um it, and you know what i wish i would have kept uh kept the piece or held on to it but honestly yeah. man i was just it was one of those you're so frustrated and you're just you're you're just upset at the whole situation like you just don't even think clearly anymore at that point but the right. car did finally make it back to Florida. And um, you know what? Even driving home back from that same after the Porsche was done and everything else, because I actually had my white coupe, the one that I bought back, it was actually already down in Florida because this all kind of goes along with when I was uh, living with Lewis. I think we left Florida, got to Georgia, and the alternator died in the stalker vert. And oh, again, it was like nine... It was after 9 p.m., so all the parts stores are closed. But I had re-upgraded uh, the battery to um, to an Optima, and my white coupe had an Optima. So I, I kid you not, every time we stopped for gas, we just swapped the batteries between the two cars. And that Optima had enough to go through a full tank of fuel, 
headlights on, music going, run the car, and still have enough juice to start the other car up after. It uh, <laughs> it got us all the way back to Canada. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah, these cars, they do tell stories. So I've got one for you here too, that uh, it's actually a story out of my green coupe. But um, how I, so this was a story that, uh, well, I, I kind of told over the years, but um, where it got really significant was uh, I was in a wedding party and um, I was just a groomsman and my uh, buddy that was the best man, we get to the, to the dinner and the, the converse or the speeches are going to start. And my buddy goes, Gary's like, I, I can't do this. I, I'm not good at talking. You're good at talking. You're, you're going to have to do this. I'm like, Dusty, I said, I, you're the best man. You got to do the best man speech. And I said, furthermore, I got, I got nothing. I, I, I didn't prepare for this. Like, what the hell am I going to go up there and say, I can't do it. I can't do it. And with that said, he had already had a pregame conversation with the MC and told him that I was going to do it. So they're like, yeah, Gary, come on out. So I'm like, oh, <laughs> fuck. Sneaky here bastard. we go. <laughs> yeah. So I get up there, uh, like on my heels. I don't know where I'm going to go with this. So I kind of do the the cordial, like you know, thank the mother of the bride, and I do my thing. And then I'm like, okay, I got to tell a story, right? Everybody needs a good story. My buddy that was getting married, Hanson, we call him. Grew up playing hockey with him, and this other buddy of ours, Muzzy. Uh, whatever. We grew up playing hockey together and where I grew up wasn't very far from Banff, Alberta. So we used to sneak over to Alberta all the time to go drinking because you only had to be 18 to go drinking in Alberta. So anyway, we didn't have a real good idea as to how we were going to get home, but we thought, oh, the hell that we'll figure it out after we get out of the bar, which seemed like a great idea at the time, right? Anyway, we go over. Yeah. We go over in my green coop, we get outside, we're flipping coins to see who's driving. So I guess, yeah, maybe quick disclaimer, this is a shitty story from the decisions that were made standpoint, but bear with me because whatever, I'm being real and I'm being raw. So flip a coin, I lose the bet, I got to drive home. So my buddy Hanson and Muzzy, they're like, don't worry, Gare, we'll stay awake with you the whole time. We'll get through this together, right? So off we go. We get like five minutes outside of Banff and Muzzy's already sleeping in the back of the car. So Hanson says, don't worry, Gary, I'll stay awake with you. So we're chit-chatting away and I'm starting to get tired. So I decide, I look over at Hanson, I said, hey, buddy, would you mind steering for just a little bit? Like I'm just, I'm closing one eye to stay half awake here I'm like I'm just going to close both eyes for a couple minutes you steer everything will be fine he's like yeah no worries he reaches (laughs) over yeah grabs the wheel I like immediately go into dream mode I'm I'm out but I'm having this dream for whatever reason that I'm riding a bull I'm bucking on a bull right (laughs) I wake up no shit. I look over at Hanson. He's sleeping. He's still got his hand on the wheel. We were in fifth gear when this all was discussed. We're doing 20 clicks an hour down the middle of the fucking road. And the car is bucking 
like lurching in fifth gear. I'm like, Hanson, what? I said, you were supposed to be driving. You're driving. I'm just steering. Like we're having this scrap. <laughs> Muzzy wakes up. Oh yeah. How we got out of that unscathed to this day, I still don't know. But that old green coop, she got us home safe. Oh wow. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. amazing. All the stories. <laughs> you know what? And, and I think just you know, looking at time and everything, I think that this is a perfect wrap-up opportunity. And I, I think an invitation opportunity for anybody out there that has a crazy fox body story, you know, good or bad. Yeah. Um, I, I think it would be awesome to hear some other stories out there. It was great hearing yours because I've never heard yours. Um, as right. uh, <laughs> as I know, you haven't hadn't heard mine either. So it's just sort of sort of no. like uh, you know, show I'll show you mine if you show me yours. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Well, I and I guess I didn't wrap that all in. So I told that story as the whatever best man speech. And I got the whole place just rolling and roaring. And I thought to myself, okay, I'm probably going to have my ass handed to me when I get off this stage by Hanson's dad or my, somebody's going to tune me in over this retarded story that I just finished telling. And uh, I end up having everybody coming up, shaking my hand and high-fiving and, oh my God, why didn't you tell us this story before? I'm like, because you guys would have killed us. Like we're just young dumb kids, you know. But they were they were young dumb kids at one point too. So I think <laughs> I think they probably had this is true. a lot worse than because you well, know. But I think yeah. the bucking twenty kilometers an hour in fifth gear is just like <laughs> you fucking dumbass. Like you know, I, I think I think they were probably hoping that you know, you hit the rhubarb and maybe magically made it back on the road or, you know, you spun <laughs> out and they're just like, these dumbasses don't even know how to do it right. <laughs> it's true. Well, and then we're joking about it after. We're like, I mean, one of the only like three options my coupe has is cruise control, lumbar and power mirrors. Didn't think to set the cruise, but thank Christ they didn't because yeah, Hanson fell asleep too and he was steering, so. <laughs> wow. <laughs> All right. Unreal yeah <laughs> well there you go but everyone yeah. yeah tell us or, or you know give us some cole's notes and you know reach out to one of us through social media and don't give it all away i think just sort of give us a little you know precursor or trailer if you will and maybe we'll pick a couple and um get them on because you know i i don't i rather yeah. not hear the whole story i, I want to hear it uh for the first time and in all of its excitement <laughs> well and you know what maybe that should be part of our deal so um if we've got enough people that want to come on and and have a beer and a bullshit with us um the deal will be we want to hear all about the car however we need a good war story like we want to hear some dirt and that can yeah. be everybody's kind of sign off oh absolutely i think that's that's only yeah. fair you know we're i've shared stories that that I've never shared and hey I've I've got more. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, don't it doesn't stop here guys. Don't worry about that. <clears throat> oh. Well, awesome. Well, I guess you know what? We'll we'll do a stop here and um till next time guys. Thank you for anybody who's listening this far in and look forward to what's our next topic? Oh, what is mint? That's the one that I'd put in there.
I think right. that would actually, yeah, because I'm going to call up Joey Boost. I'm, I'm going to get him involved because I do want to have the conversation, you know, because I saw another one today. You know, somebody's like, oh, this 40,000 mile, it was a barn fine car. It's mint. It's true 40,000. But meanwhile, it's like sanded down because the body shop didn't finish the job and it's got cracked this and missing that. And, and like, how is that mint? That, that might be low original miles that was neglected and abused, but that is not mint. Yeah. You know, and these everything, four cylinder cars that people are saying they're mint and perfect for 5.0 swaps. And, you know, I've, I saw a post by actually a guy in your area, uh, Mr. Donkey Fix It, aka Mr. Yeah. I buy all the 93 Cobras. Um, <laughs> and the R's. Yeah, and um, his Instagram story the other day said that he turned down um, sub thousand mile original cars because they had holes drilled in the front, the front for plates. Right, I saw that too. Yeah. So you know, um, his definition of mint is uh, it almost scares me. Right. <laughs> I only wish that 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 would you know I I could say that that was mint to me that you know if. If there was factory drilled holes for my Canadian car, my bumper, I wouldn't want it. But um, right. <laughs> yeah, I think there's a, a very large spectrum there that the uh, the pH balance is definitely off. <laughs> yeah, I would agree with that. And uh, I'm I'm probably more, uh, and I think I could probably speak for both of us here. Like I'm I'm probably more on the picky side of mint than well, I'm definitely on the picky side of mint. However, I also try. I guess the best way I could put it is I, I don't think I would run across maybe one in a hundred thousand that wouldn't agree with me. And I don't say that from a pretentious standpoint. I just mean like, I'm, I'm pretty fair with what I would. And I think most people would agree that, you know, like this is mint, but to your point, I would love it if you and I could maybe try to clear some of the fog and establish some goalposts, I guess for what it's worth, you know what I mean? Like who the hell are we? But I think that is something in the community that needs to be rectified, if you will, because there's a lot of shit out there and which is fine. I'm fine with shit, but don't tell me it's mint. Yeah. Please. Yeah. You well, you, you can say mint, but maybe we just need to have a category of mint, like mint for yeah. stage one or, stage two yeah, exactly like you yeah. know i'm i own exotic cars and rare hundred thousand dollar whatever mint to yeah i got mint for you know a twenty thousand dollar fox body which the expectations of a fox body have always been so low so you know true i guess i guess mint would fall into a lower side of the spectrum depending on who you are but um yeah we'll definitely get more into that next time and yep. see what we can unravel and see if we can clearly define those goalposts. Yeah. I like it, buddy. And I'll, uh, I'll reiterate what you said earlier. Thanks so much for everybody that's listening to us. We really appreciate it. Um, we're having fun. And if you guys are having fun with us, I mean, that's really the only reason we want to do it. So um, thanks for tagging along and feel free to reach out to both of us. We both love it. And uh, it just helps us know that, 
you know, we're pointing our compass in the right direction. And uh, again, if you guys like it, then we'll keep doing it.